You're listening to the Women in Western podcast with your host, Cheyenne Draves. This is a lifestyle podcast where we discuss everything from faith to family, business and fitness with an emphasis on the glam and grit of women in the Western lifestyle community. Grab a coffee and go for a walk or a drive. Let's chat and inspire each other to be the best version of ourselves. Hello, ladies. Welcome back to another episode of the Women in Western podcast. Happy Wednesday. I am coming to you guys live from California. I came out here last Friday and every winter I make a trip um, back to California where I'm from. I have family that still lives here and twice a year I have a ton of equine dental clients um, that I'm out here floating, taking care of and all that jazz. And this year, even though I'm 30 weeks pregnant, I ended up having 60 client horses that I have to take care of in this winter trip. So I was having quite the conundrum of being so incredibly pregnant and wondering how the heck I was going to get all of these horses done. And with that being said, I am so thankful. I have a student apprentice um, that has been riding around with me for about a year. Her name is Maddie, and I brought her out with me, and she's been helping me take care of horses. It's been glorious having her help. And so we've been jamming through them. We're a couple of days into the trip. We're about 20-something horses down and about 40 more to go. So stand by with that. Um, That being said, um, that is pretty much my highlight of the week is being out here in California. The weather has been less than welcoming. I have had very cold weather in Colorado and I was expecting like some flip-flops, t-shirts, sun and fun for California winter. And lo and behold, we have had so much rain to the point where I've been having to cancel dentals because the roads are washed out to barns I have to go to. It's been a disaster, but Thankfully, it's not too bad. It could be a lot, a lot worse. (laughs) So we're going to get right into this week's episode. And this week's episode is something a lot different than I've done before. And I'm really excited about it. I've been wanting to do this for a while, but I wasn't quite sure that she was down to come on the pod, but she is. And we are going to have on my brother's new fiance. He's been her or she has been his girlfriend for a few years now, Um, but I can officially say that she's joining the family. She's got a ring on her finger. She's the same. They're the same couple that I talked about the proposal at the Grand Canyon a couple of weeks ago um, in Vegas during the national finals, and I am so excited to have her on the podcast. She is actually a female law enforcement officer, and I'm so incredibly proud of her and excited for her to share her story of how she got into this field and kind of give advice for women interested in the same thing. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear her story of how she got into this and just kind of a woman's perspective on a male-dominated career. Um, With that being said, we are going to get right on into the episode. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Callie. Callie, I'm going to go ahead and have you introduce yourself to the listeners. (laughs) Hey, ladies. How are you? And so Callie, this is Callie Self. Callie is, um, she is a sheriff deputy and she is also my future (laughs) sister-in-law. And so I met her, gosh, what year was it, Cal? 2017. I met you in 2017. So why don't we just start out with how you met my brother, my glorious brother? (laughs) Oh, man. 
Well, we actually met in physical therapy. He was broken, torn ACL, and I had blown all the muscles in my knee. So, how romantic. We did physical therapy together at uh, college. (laughs) So sweet. So, you guys were going to the same college, playing sports. What sport were you playing? So, at the time, I was playing basketball. Um, That's actually how I moved out here. I came out here to play basketball. And then when I met Austin, I was like, well, I guess I'll stay. (laughs) I love it. So, you guys met... In the most romantic way, doing physical therapy. Um, I remember when you guys first started dating, my brother, like, mentioned you, and I was like, oh, okay, and I just remember you being so young. I mean, my brother's younger than me, and you're a couple years younger than him. So, you know, at first, I didn't have too much in common with you, because we're, how far apart are we in age? I, well, how old are you right now? 23. So you're 23, I'm 20, oh gosh, how old am I? <laughs> I'm turning 28 this year, so we're about five years apart. Um... So yeah, we, I just don't remember like having so much in common with you and like, you know, whatever, but we have definitely become like super close over the years. Callie is like one of my BFFs now. (laughs) She's one of my best friends. So that's how you guys met. So you said you're going to college. What were you studying? What did you want to be? Like, what was your aspirations for life at that time? So at that time, like a lot of what I wanted to do, I started kind of getting into like the kinesiology aspect, like kind of wanted to help people with their injuries, you know? Um, I've always wanted to do something along, like helping somebody. That's what I've always wanted to do. I never wanted to be the person that sat at a desk. Lord knows I could not sit at a desk for eight hours a day. Um, so I started there. That's what I was going to school for. Then I started doing like the criminal justice, see what that was. And then when I met Austin, he already had his psych and sociology, um, degrees. And so when he started like getting into the criminal justice aspect as well, I was like, I fell in love with it. So that's where, that's where that kind of started. I love it. And I remember when you were getting into the kinesiology, like just knowing you early on, you were kind of thinking like maybe first responder, like EMT medic thing. Cause you always kind of had like a passion for wanting to like, like you said, be out in the field doing something like helping someone not sitting down in one place. I just remember that about you. So that's what you're thinking. And then kind of getting into the criminal justice thing. So was that, that's kind of what sparked your interest in wanting to do that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So for sure at first I, there was a point where I was a firefighter. Sorry, honey, not a firefighter. So that's okay. (laughs) No shade, no tea, no shade to the firefighters out there. We love you guys. (laughs) Of course, of course. We we respect firefighters too. I just I don't know if I don't know if Austin could love me if I was <laughs> you know how it is. But yeah, no, I always wanted to be some kind of first responder um and so that's like when I started doing that, I just I knew that's what I wanted. And then when I really started researching um <clears throat> I had somebody in my life as well. I mean, Austin obviously went through. I saw him do it. But I also had somebody in my life that Uh, she's very big into helping other females get ready for law enforcement and get prepared and, you know, essentially someone that was really high up in the department and really, um, had a passion for helping young women getting into it. So you really like, what really impressed me about you in that aspect is I'm so impressed by women that you can't just let life happen to you. And I remember when you were starting to show an interest in this, you made it such a point to go up to this woman and tell her, I just need all the information and I want all the help and I'm just a sponge, like help me. 
Yeah, exactly. No, that's what happened. I, I wanted every aspect I could. So I went to her. I got as much information. I picked her brain over everything. I mean, she's been on the department 30 years almost and or maybe even more. Um, and so when when I was picking her brain and I, I picked a couple firefighters, I picked a couple EMT, you know, and the one that just really grabbed me was law enforcement. I wanted when she was telling me everything she's done in her career, everything I mean, that she's going to have after her career, the friends she's made, the family she's made. I knew that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted to be that person for somebody else one day. I love it. And so I remember the process of you trying to get into the <laughs> into the academy. And I was just like thinking about this. I'm, I'm telling you guys right now, when I literally just asked Callie today, I was like, do you want to be on my podcast? Because I feel like you have such a cool story. Like the story of resiliency that this woman has just based on her academy experience alone blows my mind. And I just remember the final days of it being an emotional. We were all like so emotional and we're going to get into this whole story, but I'm just, I literally asked Callie a couple hours ago to be on the podcast this week. Cause I was like, I'm here at your house. This is called the women in Western. The wild, wild West is a, a sheriff department. <laughs> Why not have you on? Because this girl's resiliency story is amazing. But um, let's just dive into your whole story of the Academy because you went in, you got accepted in 2019, was it? Uh, yeah. So 2019 was the first time I received an email saying, uh, start the process, which process alone is six months. So what is the process entail of becoming a sheriff deputy? So the process normally entails, they do a whole bunch of backgrounds Got to make sure you're not crazy. They do your psych test. Make sure you're physically fit. Um, you do some tests to make sure not necessarily that you're smart enough, but that you know the common knowledge of laws, the states, stuff like that. Because there's such a common misconception with law enforcement that people are like, oh, they only go through a 20-something weeks and then they're a deputy. And seeing you go, you and my brother go through this process, it's like they vet the crap out of you. <laughs> like you can have nothing wrong. Oh, no, absolutely. You, and let me tell you, you do, you take that psych test and you think you might be crazy after. <laughs> it happens. It's okay. It, it happens to all of us. But yeah, so the process itself, and of course you can't just do one step. You have to do one step and then you can't wait to do anything else. You have to literally, once you get one checked off, then they finally email you for the next one. Then they finally email you for the next one. And so, so just the process alone of getting into the academy takes months, 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 months. And then once you finally get that email saying, get your stuff and get ready, you have a 22 week academy that's absolutely destroying your body mentally, physically, all of that to make sure that you're ready for the job that you're about to start. And so you got your acceptance into the academy and this was 2019 when you were going through the process. When was the start date of your academy? the first acceptance you got? So my first acceptance, um, I believe was right towards the end of 2020. Um, so it took a lot longer. We had had a freeze due to COVID, all of that kind of stuff. They slowed down processes. So and obviously on top of that, there was the whole, you know, movement yeah. of defunding the police. And so they really couldn't between COVID and the defunding the police movement, they weren't creating any new spots no they were not so we had a minor freeze department wise too 
Um, so twenty towards the end of twenty twenty is when I got my first acceptance letter, saying get ready, you have an academy class on this date. Uh, hope you're ready. Hope you have your stuff. Um, so at that point, got ready. I uh, moved in with actually the person that helped me really want this job. Um, lived with them, was so ready, and three days before my academy, I got a phone call that nobody ever wants to get, um, that I was no longer going to be in that academy and had to wait for another one. So at that point, you wait for another email and hopes and pray that maybe another one will come. Was that just because they canceled that academy or they had to make cuts or... Yeah, so um, the department didn't have the funds for that academy no longer. Um, everything that was going on with defunding and everything like that, that class no longer had the funds to proceed forward. So the whole class, uh, there were, I believe in that class we had 94 at the time. 94 of us got that phone call three days prior to starting the academy that we had to wait. So you guys, like, this is a year into this process for you. And you guys, this is like people with families, like you were lucky enough to be so young and not have kids or, you know, a husband or, you know, like a mortgage, mm -hmm. but you guys all had like jobs and lives and you would just put your whole kit and caboodle on hold. Like, I'm sure you had already quit your job at this point. And they're like, psych, we are not going to have an academy. Like how gut wrenching. Oh, yeah, it was definitely hard. A lot of us, I was friends with some of the, um, the people that were in that academy already. And like you said, I mean, we, we quit our jobs. We were three days before. We didn't think anything would have happened, you know. At that point, it, we thought, oh, it was set. We were going. We were ready to go. And so a lot of us, we had to do, we had to go and find another job or try to see if we could get our jobs back. Um anything or see if the department was willing to try to help us and some of us were lucky enough that the department was able to help some of us not as lucky we had to figure something else out oh my goodness okay and I remember that whole first fiasco so then you do finally get a second academy date though so tell us about that and kind of the process there so um at this point I end up doing the process again because your once you go through your, your steps, your process to get in, it's good for only a year. So they have to make sure you're not crazy again <laughs> a year later. Like you didn't go off the rails yeah. from last time. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Like you didn't go off the rails. You make sure you're still taking your crazy pills, all that kind of stuff. So um, I actually had to do the whole process over again. So I went through the whole steps again, did the whole six-month process, finally got another date. Was super excited, was ready. Um... I, at that point, had moved in with my fiancé, um, boyfriend at the time. A.K.A. my brother, my yes. handsome, dapper brother. <laughs> yes. And um, was ready, was so excited, um, could not wait, was through the moon, and start the academy first week. And um, they, they call this one day. It's the, the quote-unquote, the worst day of the academy. So they call it... Um, your black Wednesday because it's just it's black it's horrible there's nothing like a dark hole that's all that's the only thing you could think of when you're going through this day um I we go out for a run after we PT'd all morning in every uniform in our bag pretty much and you had been like preparing physically like I remember at this point you were getting ready and you were in good shape and you were filling up for it and I remember like 
none of us were worried about you. Like, we're all like, okay, she's got this. Like, we'd seen, I'd seen several of my family members go through. So none of us were worried about you physically wise. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, and um, my fiance had made sure, like, hey, let's go for a run. Let's get ready. Like, um, so I was ready mentally, physically, um, with the books, you know, like, all of it. I felt like I was going in pretty ready, pretty good. Um, and we go out for a run and I go man down. I end up passing out in the middle of the run. Um, let me tell you, not fun going from looking at your feet to looking at the sky in about two seconds. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I go man down, not really sure why they couldn't get my oxygen level up. So they take me to the hospital, um, run some tests, all that kind of stuff. Well, and I'm just telling you right now, like, knowing Callie like and her tenacity and her grit and as you're learning through this story this girl doesn't give up doing stuff when I had heard that you were going to the hospital I remember getting a phone call I think it was either from my brother or my mom I was like there's no way she's leaving that place not in an ambulance like there's there's no way she's voluntarily like leaving that going to the hospital, like without them taking her because she needs to go. Like this girl would be running blacked out if she could. So I knew something must have been so wrong for you to have to be going to the hospital on your third day. Oh yeah. No, I I definitely went kicking and screaming, did what I could. But at the end of the day, um, it was, I, I had to go. I had to get checked out. Um, I met uh, got to the hospital. They did some tests, all that kind of stuff. They wanted to keep me for a day. I thought, all right, a day I can work. Um, I'll be back tomorrow. Don't even worry about it. Uh, my fiance shows up. Uh, they're getting me my room ready. And of course, peak COVID, they still have to do the COVID test. So they test me for COVID and I come back positive. So that means 10 days right there that I can't go back. And therefore I missed enough that I was not going to be in that academy no longer. So, and it's like, I mean, so many people experience so much heartbreak from COVID. It's like your second Academy. Yeah. yeah, Your second Academy date, like in the, like you're ready to go. You're feeling fine. Like you're feeling physically fit. And then for some reason it just hits. Yeah. Like a freaking brick and oh my gosh, how heartbreaking. And so how were you, how long were you in the hospital for with, because like I remember you not even being really sick before you just like I had this episode running yeah I thought I was just tired I mean like I said this the academy is meant to kind of break you down and then build you back up so they break you down to what they want to see how low you get and then see how strong you can get after so I thought I was just tired from the lack of sleep the amount of everything going on you know and so beforehand, like I was just tired. Um, I actually ended up spending five days in the hospital. Um, my kidneys had like, were like minor failing basically. Um, finally got to come home, got to be with my fiance while we both finished our quarantine because my lovely fiance was the starter of my COVID. He was patient zero. Patient zero in my household. Thank you, uh. Golf Vegas trips. I appreciate those. I'm pretty sure he's brought COVID back both times, but it's and fine. And he's never going to live that down. Like, we're going to remind him forever that he's the reason you had to go to the academy a third time. Absolutely. But third time's a charm. I finally got to go back to my academy. And let me tell you, I was meant to be in that third one. I met some of the greatest people. So, I w- yeah, thankfully, they were allowed to let you 
like they were like, okay, you can come back because that's out of your control. Like, they couldn't have told you, no, like you're done yeah. forever. Like yeah. you're like, I got a disease <laughs> and I had to be hospitalized. Like, like, so how long was it from you getting like hospitalized then to getting a new academy date? Um, I want to say it was about six weeks. So the department actually helped me out. Uh, once I finished my quarantine out, um, they hired me to work as a civilian worker for them. So I worked as a civilian worker with, um, with them for about six weeks. Um, they helped me prepare with my book, like doing all my learning, um, physical stuff. They let me go for runs while I was at work. Um, just a whole bunch of stuff. They really got me ready and I got to meet a lot of people, you know, that are already on the department and stuff like that. So, uh, again, another blessing because I had six more weeks to get ready. You know, I mean, you can never be perfectly ready, but it was another six weeks that I got. So, um, got my six weeks and then I finally got another date and I was ready to go. We were going for round three. Oh my goodness. And so you said that this new class, this third Academy class was finally, you know, you felt like this was the one you were meant to be in all that stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I met, um, some of the greatest, um, people in there, some of like my classmates that I still work with, um, great people. They work so hard and, you know, like, of course, while you're going through this, like I said, they build you down, they break you, like they do what they want. Um, this class, I just felt more comfortable. You know, I had those people that were going through the same things I was. Some of them even, this was their third academy. Um, I had people with injuries, stuff like that. So they were feeling the same things, trying to get through every day, just like the rest of us, 22 weeks of hell for that one day that we finally get to say, uh, we're a deputy, you know? And then, so tell us like a little insight of just like for someone that is considering, you know, going this career path, like obviously the Academy is such like a small blip on your career timeline, but it's arguably one of like the hardest processes of your life. It's like going through those 22 weeks. So give us a little insight of like what it's like, like schedule wise, what's expected of you, like all that stuff. And then we'll get in towards like the end of your academy and how oh that went. Oh but, boy. <laughs> but just give us some insight onto that. Um, so, you know, like for the most part, so of course, like I said, you're learning your books. That's the biggest thing. You have to know your policies for your department, but also for whatever state you're in. So for me, for example, like um, we had, we, and then also when you're a sheriff's department, uh, normally you're contracted out for some cities as well. So you're not necessarily a county. So the city also has policies that you have to know too and rules, regulations, all that kind of stuff. So knowing knowing your policies, that's one of the biggest things they um they get you on. Uh tactics, you know, so we have our defensive tactics. How um so like basically not fighting because you're not learning how to fight somebody, of course. Um you're learning how to protect yourself when someone takes your gun or when someone takes um, your radio or just even goes goes to attack you. So you're learning defensive tactics against um, yourself, people, all that kind of stuff. Um, we go through shooting, so you learn how to shoot your firearm. Um, you learn how to drive a car fast. Super fun. <laughs> Best part, I'm just going to say. 
also not, like best part but also the worst part because you learn how to pitch your car sideways not as fun like cars don't do that um and then a lot of physical they get you really like physically ready for the job to see like I said before like what your body can do um this job this job has made me realize that uh it's you're very uncomfortable a lot of the time like a lot of the time um I'm more of a like I'm, I'm more in my shell sometimes Um, this job makes me feel very uncomfortable. There are a lot of things that I do that are uncomfortable that I don't necessarily like to do, but it's what I have to do. Um, so it's definitely given me more of that, like, all right, it may not feel comfortable to do this, but we're going to do it. Like I said, pitch your car sideways, like shoot when it's pitch black and you can't see nothing but the little light coming out of your gun. Like, um, like it's just, it's one of those jobs, um, but yeah, so 22 weeks of just all of that pretty much nonstop. <laughs> and so it's five days a week. You guys get weekends off. Um, but then like, what are the weekdays like? What are the hours? So yeah, five days a week, Monday through Friday. Um, and normally it, it kind of depends. Like uh, you're starting early. You're starting before sun, all of that. God's up there with you. I mean, he's always awake, but even he's drinking his coffee that early in the morning um you're up before anybody else but crack of dawn and you're you're home or you're at least off probably around two three o'clock I would say um but that's just enough time for you to like study do your laundry go to sleep oh yeah because of course you can't just have one uniform you have to have four of them that you went through that day that has to be clean for the next day so yeah you go home you 90% 90% of the time, um, I, I had a really great support team. Like I said, I lived with my fiance at the time and our friends. Um, 90% of the time I came home, I ate, my fiance did my laundry and I went to bed. Um, so thankfully I had that. I think that's the biggest thing, especially just in this career in general, you have to have that support group to come home to and be able to talk to. I mean, like I even have days where I call Cheyenne and my niece and, (laughs) They make it a hundred times better because I still have bad days and I'm going to have bad days. I mean, it's going to happen, but the, your support group is probably your, your biggest, your biggest thing through all of this for sure. Yeah. It's so important seeing my brother go through it and you go through it. Just having someone that not only physically can like pack you a lunch and like, you know, help you with your uniform and when you get home, dinner's ready so you can just go to bed and someone can have laundry done. But just the mental, like, support system. Like I said, I'm in Colorado and you're in California, so it's a little hard for us to be there. But I'll text you and be like, are you awake or asleep? Because your location is either work or home. And even if it's home at 2 p.m., I don't know if you're sleeping or not. Oh, and there there have been plenty of days that I've called you and I'm just crying. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong. I'm just crying. I just need one of those days that... It was a long day at work, so I'm going to call and cry about it. So, exactly. plenty of those days. Yes, and you just need that, like you said, support system. It's so important to build that support system if you want to get into this career and have that just community. Oh. Um, um. And then, so your third academy, you're heading towards the light at the end of the tunnel. Oh. You were finishing, I remember it was February 2022. Yep. And then a couple weeks before your graduation, what happened? Well, um, I was at the range and 
we have we have metal plates like the ones you see at like the gyms uh, to hold down like our targets and stuff. Well, I picked it up and didn't realize it was in there. Dropped the weight on my toe and I broke my big toe and the one right next to it six weeks before I was supposed to graduate. Which wouldn't be an issue if you didn't have PT every single day and had to run X amount of miles five days a week. And one of the things to finish the academy is you do a special run for a law enforcement officer that has passed away. So I also had a very big run coming up with a broken toe and like that was this like I couldn't even get it in my boot some days. Um, so yeah, so that was super fun. Last like six weeks of the academy, that's what I had going on. Lots of Tylenol, lots of tape and an insane amount of ibuprofen. And an insane amount of mental toughness because I remember we got to this point and I remember so many emotional conversations I had with you because we're at this point and like all of us have been rooting for you because this is, (laughs) this has been from like 2019 Mm -hmm. to like 2020, like years of us seeing you just have so much tenacity and grit trying to get through this. And not everyone that is a sheriff deputy has been through the crap hole that you have, but this is your third academy. You're like, I cannot not, I can't do this again. Like this is my last chance. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I was, I refused to quit. I, we were going broken toe and all. Um, we were taping that thing every day. There was just no way, but there were definitely lots of phone calls. I remember FaceTiming you, I think the same day it happened or maybe it was the next day. Um, because you and your mom were supposed to come that weekend for something. And I, oh, for a bridal shower. That's what it was. Oh, and it, it was, was for Kristen's. Um, yeah, we were getting yes. her wedding dress and I was yes. coming out to work. It was, it was a year ago, this trip. Yep. I was coming out to float horses. Yes. Yes. So I remember FaceTiming you because I was like, whatever you do, do not tell your mother because she's going to have a freak out. I was like, please. I said, we did. I, we had to keep it from my mom that your toe was broken because I knew yes. she would just. She'd tell me I would have to stop. And I was, there was no way. But I remember calling. I was bawling my eyes out already. Could not keep a straight, like any type of conversation. You thought I was probably like dying, lost a limb or something. Yeah. I, well, I thought something happened where you were already out of the academy. And I was like, we're going for a fourth. <laughs> Yeah, no, thankfully not a fourth. I was just, I was so, I was beat. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like third Academy and I break a toe like the last six weeks. Are you kidding me? Like obviously such a pain in the ass thing. Cause you're like, it's my freaking toe and you can't do anything with it. You can't do anything with it. And you feel like a weenie cause it's a broken toe. <laughs> but at the same time, you can't run on a it broken, hurts. two yes. broken toes when you have to run five days a week and not rest it and it couldn't be like the pinky toe like we couldn't we couldn't do the little toe no we had to go for the big toe. i wish it was like acceptable for me to post a picture on our instagram story of this toe but when i tell you she sent me a picture of her toe and i like was oh it was awful it was you weren't th- even pregnant at this time and that made you nauseous exactly so, like was- pregnant cheyenne would be done it was like four times the size of your foot. Like it was huge. Like I remember you saying you broke your toe. I'm like, okay, Cal. Like and I wasn't that skeptical, but then you sent me a picture and I was like, we can't, how are you going to do this? I was like, she broke, broke. She broke. And you didn't want to go to the doctor cause they're going to do something and make it to where you couldn't finish the Academy. We've already been there, done that. Yeah. No, nope, <sighs> nope. 
So we finished the six weeks and then the best day ever came. It was the week of graduation. Um, so for my department, we do a family night. You get to bring your family, you get to show them what you've gone through the last 22 weeks of this place. Um, so I had my mom, my dad, and my fiance. Um, so we all came, they got to see the, the lovely staff that yelled at me for 22 weeks. <laughs> I remember um, you only got X amount of tickets too. So while me and my yeah. mom and all of us were out here in town for the graduation, None of us could go, and so I remember watching it on our phone. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, so we had family night, and then two days later, I I finally got my badge. finally became a deputy. Um, it was the coolest thing ever. It was honestly the most, I mean, I don't have kids, so I wouldn't say it's the best feeling. Um, but for me, so far in life, it was the best feeling. Standing up, uh, saying my oath, and getting that badge just it's it's breathtaking it really is um now i i get to help people for a living you know i get to make other people's lives better easier in some ways keep them safe somehow you know well and for someone that's like so humble like you that you know um most deputies i know at least the ones in my family are very humble and don't like to like brag a whole lot about it but it's just that one moment where you can reflect on the last two and a half years of you beginning that process and getting to that time and just being able to be like, no, I get to be proud of myself for a minute because of all of the shit that you went through. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was, like I said, it was an amazing feeling. And the process was long, but I wouldn't have changed any of it. I mean, at the times, of course, I was like cursing at God, asking him, why, 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 why would we do this? It was such a trying time, and I remember we were kept looking to faith of, like, God, just get her through this. Oh, yeah. Lots of, lots of praying. Lots of praying. Him and the man upstairs, we were, we were on a (laughs) first-name basis for a little, like, we were figuring it out. Um, But we did, and when, like I said, when I finally got through and finished, it was, all you could do is cry. I mean, like, it was done. It was, I finally got it, so it was amazing once it was done. Yeah, and we were so incredibly proud of you. So now you've been a deputy for a year now. Almost. Right? (laughs) One of many. (laughs) Oh, boy. Only 29 more to go, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Until you can retire. So just count down the years. Count down the years years from here. (laughs) I love it. Well, what's kind of like, you know, your typical, now that you're kind of in the groove of it, What's life like? Like, what's the schedule like? What's the work like? Ooh, schedule. That's fun. Um, you know, this job is one where you kind of, you work when you're called. Um, you're not really, you don't have a set schedule. You're not working and you're still working. Um, this isn't, like Shana was saying earlier, like, this is definitely a new day and age. Um, people don't necessarily love us, which is fine. You don't have to. I mean, people don't have to love us. People aren't going to love... People don't love lawyers. People don't love doctors sometimes, you know? Yeah. Everybody has their niche of people that they don't like. Um, but we're we're always working. So even when we're off, we see something happen, we're going to be there, you know? Like, that's just... That's what we... That's why we do what we do. We right. have that feeling of, like, we have to help people. We want to help people, you know? Um, so schedules, I mean, I work multiple doubles, multiple... <laughs> shifts a week but and a double is 16, 16 hours, hours in a row that's a good day <laughs> oh my gosh. um but i i mean i wouldn't change the hours i 
I'm blessed with all the overtime that we have and I can work and it's, it's not, I can't complain. My fiance works harder than I do. (laughs) I just, I just work the overtime. That's the only difference. (laughs) Well, see, and the thing about the hours too is like early on in your career like this is when you kind of have to be super flexible and kind of like be, you know, with anyone early on in your career, you're going to be getting all the overtime, doing all the extra stuff, working extra hard, working the weird hours. I'm saying like you're working like 10 p.m. to they're 10 p.m. to 2 p.m. the next day. Like, they're, they're insane. This girl, like, all that's why I always have to text her, awake or asleep, because I don't know when she's working. I don't know when she's awake. She, like, she's, she's going to be sleeping from, like, 5 a.m. to 12 p.m. Like, the sleep schedule is everywhere. I was going to say, yeah. Right now, I definitely, I sleep when everybody else is awake, and I'm awake when everybody else is asleep. Um, But, no, uh, yeah, the hours, I work overnights, so I'm, like I said, I work... The graveyard shift so I'm working nights right now um but honestly like you said like the new people they obviously they they pick up this overtime pick up this stuff I'll work the holidays I just worked all of the recent holidays um I want to give that to people that are starting families have families you know I I mean it's me and my fiance of course at home we have our own place now um but there's no reason, like, we're both working. We, we'd much rather give it to somebody that has children and can share that with them than... And that way, when you guys are in that stage of life, you guys hopefully, can hopefully yeah. semi-enjoy that in a different Exactly. Pace. Like, hopefully somebody else will understand when they're the new boots on that, like, somebody did that for them. Like, yeah. So, you know, so I, I don't mind working the holidays. I don't... we. We had Christmas three days late. We had New Year's three days early. Right. Like, it's okay. January 1st was actually December 25th. Like, we're out here visiting and we're just working around your guys' schedule. Exactly. So. Exactly. It's totally fine. Um, so the, the hours are, we can, we can deal with the hours. It's okay. Right. So we make it work between the two of us. So someone that's like interested in this career field, what is the biggest piece of advice you'd give, especially a woman that is thinking like, I'd like to be a law enforcement officer. Um, what is like one of the biggest pieces of advice you'd give them just as mm. far as like what the career is like, like what you have to be like to handle it and kind of like how you can go about succeeding in this career. That's a hard one. Um, because I I'll tell s- you right now, I'm not the kind of person that could do what you do. The stories that you tell me <laughs> and what's so funny is I always talk about there's Callie and then there's deputy self and like when she gets off work or she's Love like feisty. Been on, Love feisty. she's been on shift like I'll talk to her when she's on her way home and the way she talks like I, I'm like oh you're deputy self right now like you're not Callie like she has to do Little a spice. complete <laughs> personality like so it's just funny that like you have to be a certain way when you're on and you kind of disassociate and become like not become a different person but you like you put on cop Cali, like no, deputy uh, self. And 100%, then you, yeah. yeah, no, a hundred percent. You definitely do. Um, I definitely, I, I would never talk the way I do at work that I do with my family. I need everybody to understand that right now. Deputy self is definitely a different person than she is at home. Um, it's, you have to know your crowd. Um, that's probably one of the bigger things, uh, 
you know, you got to know who you're working with. Um, they're not society's finest. I'm not saying they're society's worst. Because I was going to say, there's some days where you're helping, you know, innocent bystanders. And of you're, course. And you're doing this and that. And then there's other days where you're working with criminals that are just evil people that yeah. are not nice to you. <laughs> exactly. So, like, you just, it's a switch. There, there really is a switch. And you have to know that switch. Because you have to demand respect for yourself. No one's going to respect Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And I will say, um, advice-wise, for women. So, um, I don't know if it's advice, but one of the biggest things that I, from my, I'd, I'd call her my mentor. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, the person I look up to most, the one thing she always told me is, um, just make sure, like, you make that name for yourself. You work as hard as you can um, to make sure that, like, people know that you're you're coming to work. Uh, you handle your own stuff. You don't push it off on the guys. Like, um, just work for you. Work as hard as you can for you. Um, a lot of people kind of get stuck getting comfortable, especially, like, not especially, but as a female, a lot of the males want to help you, you know? They want to go hand, like, they want to help you. It's like and male nature. Yeah, they yeah. want to take the handle on this or they want to do this. Um and she has always told me like no you handle your own stuff like and you make sure that when they call you for help that they know that they're calling you for a reason you know that like that they um, value your help exactly yeah. exactly so that that's probably the biggest piece i can give um that she gave me is just make sure you're working as hard as you can for you and like it does suck that like as females we do have to work like ten times harder than it seems like a man has to work to of get course. the same respect, but then it just makes that respect you've earned so much sweeter because oh, you're yeah. like I didn't get that because of what's in my pants. Exactly. <laughs> I got that because I work hard and I show up and I'm a badass and I'm good at what I do. Exactly. No. Exactly. Now I will say we still have some great male partners too, but. It definitely, like, you. it's a balance, for sure. Right. For sure. So. Well, that being said, looking at this career, you know, what are your future goals with this career? So, my end goal, I will do before my 30 years, because that is all I am doing. Um, <laughs> this one year, these three years have taken six years off my oh life. Oh, my but, gosh. But um, I really want to be a canine handler. I don't care if it's a dog that smells drugs, bombs. I don't care if it's a dog that'll rip your arm off. Um, a canine dog is all I've ever wanted to do. Um, and that is, I, I will do that before, before I retire for sure, wherever it is. I love it. And I know that's something that you've always wanted to do since I met you. And I remember before you even thought about law enforcement, you were even thinking military. Like I might even join the military and do canine stuff there. Yep. Yep. (laughs) That was definitely a thought too. The army was about... 10 seconds too long <laughs> for me to decide to go there but that's okay um because like I said I never would have met my now fiance you guys um, well this career totally was like your calling like oh, this yeah. was where you were meant to be 100 percent. I agree and it's definitely just based on the story alone of the crap you had to go through just to become a deputy if anyone's going to get that goal in the next 30 years, it's going to be you. So. Oh, absolutely. We're getting that canine. Pick, pickle needs to, pickle needs another puppy to see. Oh, just so she does need more doggies to see. Of course. So. <laughs> 
I love it. Well, Callie, this has been such a cool episode. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. This was so fun. And I've, I'm just so excited for people to hear just about your journey through this process. And if anything, you know, cause you look at people that are in law enforcement and, you know, you see like, oh, like they get, you know, to do this and this, like they have like a six day stretch off here and, oh, and they make really good money. Like just knowing that everyone that has gotten to the point that you're at, maybe not to the extent that you have, but they've had to go through some, some shit to get there. Oh yeah. And it's not an easy road to get to this. Definitely not. So if you are, you know, interested in becoming a law enforcement officer, law enforcement is something that you're into, please do not hesitate to reach out to Callie. No, of course. Absolutely. We'll tag her on Instagram. You can find all of her contact info, DMS at Women in Western, um, DMS at Women in Western podcast, and we can get you her contact info if you want someone to talk to because like Callie has mentioned, she's had a mentor in this field and she just wants to be that for someone, whoever that may be in the foreseeable future um, to help them get to this point with this career. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, this is one of the best careers and I haven't even fully gotten where I wanted to start or where I'm going to end. So it's open mind, keep Keep that open mind when you go into this field, Um, but I'm always here. If you guys need anything, have questions, just want to pick my brain, want to hear funny stories, I got it all. I definitely have them all. The funny stories are great, I will say. (laughs) Like I said, there's Deputy Self and then there's Callie. They definitely have to be two different people Deputy Self is one of my favorite gals, though. I love her. (laughs) I I can't wait to see her in a couple days when you go back on shift. Oh, boy. Well, that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Women in Western Podcast. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, like I said, at Women in Western Podcast, and make sure to shop our merch at womeninwesternpodcast.com. We have t-shirts, we have stickers, make sure to get your own, and we will see you guys next week for a new episode.